ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 258 of the Drunk Dash Podcast. I'm your host as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Oh, hello, Tyler. I am doing alright. <laughs> I don't know why I sounded so seductive right there, but at the same time... My clothes are off. I... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I'm doing fantastic. Just sitting around in my chair, just looking through the recent issue of like Game Informer, their whole 300th issue and stuff, their whole top 300 stuff. So it's like, it's interesting seeing what games are in there, but at the same time, I'm kind of kind of perturbed at like how many recent games that are that haven't even been out for like a year yet are on that list. Yeah. Too soon, in my opinion. Too soon. But. Too soon. Yeah. In fact, Detective Pikachu was number seven. Was uh, deeply upsetting. <laughs> should have been. Should have been third. <laughs> oh yeah, but how are you doing, Tyler? I'm doing all right. Um, recording a little later than normal. It's still Saturday night. Uh, went and hung out with uh, our good friend Juzzy, Justin. Uh, this uh, just not this night. Uh, tonight, I don't know what to say it anymore. Uh, tonight it was kind of fun. Hang out, sat around the the bonfire and a little fire pit he has, and drink a few beers, bullshit around a little bit. I haven't seen him in a little while, so ooh, excuse me. Oh, that was nice too. Oh, ugh, tastes like Red Bull. Ugh. Um, but yeah, I'm doing okay. Uh, it's nice uh, working for a. I was telling Gables for the show. It's kind of nice working for a um, a smaller company that's a little more uh, religious base. Uh, so we got because Easter weekend we got uh, I got Saturday I got today off Saturday off so that was nice um, so it was indeed yesterday was indeed a good Friday uh, for me uh, but yeah I'm doing okay um, things are things are looking up it's getting we're, things are not so crazy at work anymore we're not working as many hours so I'm getting a little more free time to talk about games or talk talk about games, play games um, <laughs> I'm now playing games more and I'm talking about games which is a nice nice turn of events for me. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, not really too, 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 too exciting for me going on other than normal. I, other than me getting, uh, I showed Gables already, but my, I got my detective Pikachu amiibo in, uh, and he's like legitimately like four pounds. Uh, and I was showing Gables, we're, we're looking at comparisons to my Pikachu amiibo that I have hanging up over here and this one. And it's like the, the hat on detective Pikachu is like about the size of the regular amiibo. Pikachu. Yeah, no lie. Yeah, no lie there. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. We've seen them side by side. When I got the when I when I first got the package in the mail, I was like, "Holy shit!" It just blew me away. Like I seen like comparison shots like online. I'm just like, "Okay, that looks a little bigger." But then when you actually see it and you hold it in your hand, I'm like, "Oh my god, this like that like you can you had that much like that much weight in food, you can like feed like a small village for like a month." Um, like you had like a hot dog the size of Pikachu, you can. Feed a lot of people with that. Um, yeah, but uh, not that I'm, uh, you know, saying you should eat, uh, cook, and eat a Pikachu. Um, Pikachu lives matter, of course. Hashtag that. Um, but anyways, I don't know. I'm just rambling at this point. Uh, this is the Drunk Nerds podcast where we talk about video games and uh, I drink beer, and then Gables uh, judges me for drinking that beer, uh, but in a good way. In a good way. He's here to keep me on track, right, Gables? Yep, yep, that's true. Yep, 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 yep. But anyways, um, so not a lot going on in the world of gaming right now. Um, I I went deep into the news. Gable's looking into the news. Couldn't really find anything uh, that substantial or really worth talking about that wasn't more like a, 
a headline. Um, so I thought it'd be kind of fun. Or normally we talk when we do the show, we'll talk about the news and uh, we'll, we'll talk about what's going on. And we don't really go back to it or talk about it anymore after that. Maybe like if it's about like a game coming out, we'll talk about when the game comes out. But other than that, we really rarely ever go back and look back at like or talk about things after the initial like announcement of them. Um, so I thought it'd be fun. Uh, it's it's March 31st as a recording. It's we're literally minutes away for me in, in Central Time uh, to being April 1st. Uh, so Q1 of 2018 is a is essentially officially over and so i thought it'd be fun to kind of look back at some of the biggest things that happened the first three months of the year the first quarter of 2018 um i kind of i wrote some down or i typed some out here on our show notes uh gables if there's anything that i missed that you want to talk about feel free to add them or or throw them out there but um i thought we'd just kind of go through them real quick uh so i want to mention first actually um so we talked about a lot back when it was first announced but nintendo labo um, we were, we, we had kind of went into a weird discussion about it, uh, a couple months ago. I said, it'd be really awesome if they just shipped you the Nintendo Labo in an actual Labo box, like the, the box it came in was just actually the Labo. Uh, and I still think that'd be a genius idea, but, um, I was, I would say fairly negative on it. Uh, Gables, you were kind of, uh, in the middle yeah. about it, but I'm kind of curious now, now that it's been a couple months, we're closer to, we're just a few weeks from it coming out. Um, where, where are you at on this now? We've had a, we've had a little bit let it sink in and like think about how this is the real thing that's happening. To be perfectly honest with you, I haven't really changed my thoughts and opinions on it all that much. Only for the fact that people are going to be bumping each other, are going to be spending outrageous sums of money on pieces of cardboard. It's just, it's, it is what it is, pretty much. You use your Joy-Cons to manipulate certain aspects of what, uh, is expected for those little devices you build yourself. I mean, it's a cute little, like, craft project and stuff like that that you can go through, you can use your kids or something. I see where Nintendo's coming from from that, but at the same point, I think just going through and just the concept of just buying Labo in order to just enjoy a little bit more of, like, what you can with the Switch. I mean, it's for some people, but it really isn't for me. I still think the concept's kind of dumb, but, hey, what do I know? Yeah, um... (laughs) I'm kind of with you on it a little bit. I think this is actually going to be, I, I see this being like, as far as like a business sense can be a huge success for them. I think yeah. when this comes out and the first little bit of it being out, it's going to be very popular. I mean, it's obviously, it's already really hard to, you know, I think the pre-orders are pretty much sold out for it. So whether that's a stocking thing or just, it's a popularity thing, excuse me, um, or a combination of the two, who knows, but I, I can see this kind of be like an Amiibo thing to a certain extent um, where, uh, you know, Amiibos are still kind of popular. Like, they're, I mean, like, you look, I, I can't find the Dark Souls one to save my life. Uh, Detective Pikachu <laughs> uh, w- sold out fairly quickly. You know, the M- Metroid um, 2 pack they had was kind of t- tough to find, but after a few months, it was per- you could find them, no problem. Um, and I, I think the first six months to a year, uh, it's going to be more of that same kind of thing where it's going to be, this thing's going to be, maybe not to that level, but I, I think it's going to be one of those things where these are going to be hard to find. I think what's it's what's going to make it so popular is the fact that it's hard they're hard to find. I think that's what made Amiibo Amiibo, um, or make made them more than just kind of a footnote. Um, the fact that we're still talking about them onto a new generation, I think a lot of it has to do with with the um, the difficulties of getting those back in the day. Um, 
So I, I think that it's going to be one of those things that we're going to be talking about. Maybe not a lot, but I think it's going to be something that's in the news and we're going to be hearing about. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. And this time next year, we're going to be like, hey, remember when Nintendo tried selling people cardboard? Like, you know, like, or in two years, especially. Like, maybe not, maybe not a year from now, but two years from now, I feel like it's going to be like, I feel like this could be like uh, the PlayStation move of, like, uh, of Nintendo for this generation. Yeah, I'm not sure. To be perfectly honest with you, I'm not sure. I think it's going to be more successful in the PlayStation move. Well, no, I don't. But this, I think it's going to be more successful than that. Don't get me wrong, but I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the how quickly the PS the PlayStation move came and went. I think it's going to be kind of similar to that. Within like a year, no one gives a shit about it. That's very true. Kind of the same concept with uh, when Nintendo brought out that Wii balance board stuff like that. How quickly that kind of faded away after. Yeah. Uh, I, I kid you not, still to this day, at my workplace, we get so many of those Wii balance boards. They Nintendo basically sold people a, digit, a digitalized, like, uh, bathroom scale. Yeah. And for, like, $100 along with the game for the Wii. And what did people use it for? They just <laughs> it just literally collected dust in their closet, and all of a sudden, they you could find them, like, pretty much, like, five bucks, mm-hmm. like, used at the, the Goodwill, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Anybody bought that's a dumbass. I bought two of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was cheaper if you bought the second game with the with the fit board, if you just, and then buying it separately when I found it. So that's why I bought wow. two of them. But it's still really dumb. Don't do that. Yeah, we. Yeah, that's a good point. I, if you're gonna stick use the Nintendo analogy, the Wii Fit board would make more sense. Yeah, the, this is gonna be a, a fad. I think that's gonna quickly uh, be a thing that's gone. Um, unless they do something substantial with it, um, other than what it is right now, in the next few months, in the next six months, during the, I think the holiday season is going to be the thing that makes or breaks the Labo, honestly. So, uh, we'll know more about then. But speaking of, uh, things happening on 420, uh, Hitler's birthday. Let's talk about it. What? I'm kidding. God of War. <laughs> uh, God of War. Oh, uh, God of War. Yes. Good. Uh, uh. We were talking. We we kind of talked about it a little bit before the show, uh, but I mean, I'm obviously going to pick it up. My I've talked about it before. God of War wasn't really my bag back in the day, but uh, yeah, I am insanely excited for this game. Uh, where are you at on this one, Gables? You know what? My excitement is actually up there. I kind of want to see what's going to go on with this game. I've seen some footage of it. I have not seen the entirety of the most recent gameplay. Of it, but from what I've seen, the combat looks more refined. It's not like over the top esque, like the original, the, you know, the original God of War series yeah. was. There's no sex with heavy game, in, Sounds like, well, you know, with like heavy inspiration towards like uh, Devil May Cry and stuff from those games. But uh, this definitely looks like something that's going to be worth watching. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it, it feels like, it feels almost like a new game the new franchise to me so um like i think i said a few weeks or a little while back but it feels like um they kind of took a like a step like a kind of some notes from naughty dog and like kind of like it feels like the almost it feels very mature like like kratos feels like something you would see from them from like naughty dog like the last of us or uh um uncharted in a way um so yeah it's i'm really excited for that game um we're gonna go from here. Um, sh- we're gonna we're gonna jump into uh, actually. I want to jump into some of the games, some of the the early games that come out this year. Um, okay. 
any big games that come out in the first few months that really have kind of like stood out to you? Well, let's see. I'm just trying to think exactly what I was into pretty much. The only the only really like uh, games I could think of that were pretty decent. I mean, Dragon Ball Fighter Z was definitely some that released early this year that I pretty much had been like playing almost like nonstop when it was first released and stuff over the past couple months. I've since like the past couple weeks have put it down, but that's definitely one example. Now the other examples and stuff that uh, that are kind of noticeable that even though I haven't personally played, which you know that's going to be changing pretty soon, but Celeste has actually been one of those games that uh, has been sort of an indie darling. Yeah, coming forth with all the my rate of so many other like decent to average indie games that have been coming out. So that's definitely one. The last one I could think about. <sighs> Boy, oh boy, man! I, I am I'm kind of like a, no wait a minute. The last major game which I could give credit to is like the Monster Hunters game for like PS4. Personally, have not played that either, but it's been getting some good praise. Yeah, there's definitely some good elements of that game that people love, and so those are the three big games that I could think of in terms of this year so far. Okay. Um, if you would have told me. Uh, going in on going into 2018, that the first quarter of the year, the 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 most like when you before this week, because uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But if you would have told me that the most like the the most fun gaming experiences you've had in the first uh, three months of 2018 was uh, two remakes in a Dragon Ball uh, Dragon Ball Z game, uh, I would have thought you were fucking insane. But uh, <laughs> you look at it where uh, Dragon Ball Fighters was it was and still is a fucking incredible game so fun i have no clue what the hell they're talking about what's going on uh but the game is incredibly fun uh and shadow of colossus and burnout paradise uh revisiting paradise city yeah uh, we talked about in the last couple episodes but has been insanely fun going into and then shadow of colossus uh was uh a a game that I wish I would have played back in the day. Um, I think it would have sucked a lot more if I would have played it in 2005 and 2018. But still a game that I knew everything about going into it. And it still um, affected me in a way I didn't think it would do. Uh, was uh, really well done. So, yeah, it's just it's been a really weird uh, first few months. Where we've gotten, we've gotten a lot of news. Uh, the gaming... The video games coming out. There's been some good ones come that have come out. You know, like like I said, Monster Hunter, Celeste, uh, Shadow of the Colossus, Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, Burnout Paradise, um, and then the the games we're going to talk about later today, uh, later on the show. But yeah, it's just been a, a crazy um, first few months. So yeah, um, where do we want to go from here? Um, actually, I want to talk about a little bit about uh, uh, Xbox Game Pass. Okay. Uh, we talked about it uh, a couple months ago when they announced that all like you know, Sea of Thieves would be the first big first party game that comes to the Game Pass, where they're going to like all first party title games uh, are going to be on Game Pass day one, uh, and we thought that was a huge game changer. And it's still early. The Sea of Thieves just came out on the twentieth. I think it was twentieth to twenty third, um, and. It came out and like the the first couple days, like the the servers were were down a lot or people couldn't get into the game, 
And then yep. uh, they were saying that over, well over a million people had played the game in the first week of it being out, uh, which is awesome. A lot of that has to do with, with the Xbox and Game Pass. Don't break down who actually paid for it, who actually bought the game, or who's free trial, or who's on Game Pass. But, um... I mean, so we've only got the first the first real sample, and it's, it's a very small sample. It's been out for, I think, like 10, 11 days. Uh, but we're kind of seeing, the, the so far, a little bit of the effects of what, what they're going to have on it. And this is just a this is uh, a, a brand-new uh, franchise, possible franchise, um, from a company, Rare, that hasn't really been, hasn't really done thing substantial in gaming since the 64 days probably would be safe to say um 20 yep. years so and to see that, that that happening uh is i think a real i guess positive sign um would be the best way to do look at it from from a gamer standpoint like and from xbox standpoint, like this is a microsoft standpoint we're like hey this is this is working like this is a game that who knows who how well i think this game would have been successful uh whether what if it was 60 bucks but i think it's um, being on the game on, on the games pass is uh, made this game even more popular and gave, gave a lot more notoriety than it would have had um, before. Now it's you know this is like I said it's a it's a game from a a developer that was really popular, one of the best in the game twenty years ago, and now we're in a generation where uh, most people a lot of people playing games nowadays um, either were toddlers or weren't even born when Rare was in yeah. their heyday, and then this is also a new franchise. Uh, this is kind of a much different game than what we're seeing, what we're used to seeing, especially, you know, I mean, the closest we've got to is Black Flag. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just kind of cool to see that uh, that this game uh, is being successful. I've, you know, we obviously heard some um, mostly not great feedback about this game. Um, not so much the gameplay itself and what's going on in the game, but just kind of what the, what you do in the game. Uh, but to see that it's it's got a pretty large audience, uh, it's pretty cool, and I'm kind of curious how. Um, I don't know if these numbers are ever going to come out, but I'd like to see the the, the impact it did on the Game Pass. Uh, what about you, Gables? Yeah, I kind of want to see how. Like, uh, I kind of wish I could see like how Game Pass has actually affected Sea of Thieves and stuff in terms of the sales and stuff. Because I get you not if that game had not been on the Game Pass, I would suspect you wouldn't even have half of those people hmm. on that freaking server stuff day one. I mean, hey, sixty dollars for that game. Hey, it's it's give or take, like a little bit debatable, considering that the game wasn't really even complete when it first launched either. Mm. But uh, the whole thing about the Game Pass and stuff that that's just been a really interesting thing over this past year, where it's like it's a very good barrier to entry. You pay like about ten dollars a month, you get all these access to these games, and the confirmation of having some recent releases come on to the Game Pass as part of the subscription. It's a bold move by Microsoft, but I think it's been... Ultimately, I feel like so far it's been successful, especially in the case of Sea of Thieves. Even though there are server issues, even though there are like many issues that do plague certain online games when they first release, yeah, I think it's definitely a good step in the right direction for Microsoft and the whole Game Pass stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and we'll, we'll know a little more because I think the, uh, was that State of Decay 2 comes out in May, that's kind of the next big exclusive for Microsoft. Uh, I think the, yep. the biggest one we're going to see, though, is Crackdown 3, um, at least in the near future. We don't know. Obviously, E3 is still happening. We don't know what's going to happen there. But, uh, yeah, I, it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of, it's a positive um, 
you know, kind of first example, uh, first showing for for what Game Ca- Game Pass can do for some of these uh, for some of these games. Oh, hi, Louis. Uh, Louis staring at me now. Sorry, guys. Uh, but uh, is there anything actually that you like? Anything that's happened that we didn't cover here that you'd like to talk about for for the first quarter of 2018? Oh man, that's a tough one. I mean, there have been plenty of things that have happened in that span of time and stuff. Oh boy, especially with like the duration of stuff of how like Battlefront Two has been doing and yeah. stuff with like the oh man the whole the whole issues and stuff like with the whole microtransactions and the whole like a loot crate stuff the beginning part of this year has just been crazy. Yeah, I did see uh, Battlefront Two, uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two was uh, one of that GameStop a couple days ago. Um, yep, they they had it for forty dollars brand new, so it's already dropped in price very quickly. So. Well, yeah, very quickly too. Plus, they most recently, I think, added in microtransaction stuff for the yeah. loot crates and stuff. It's again. all cosmetic stuff, yeah. Yep, now it's all the cosmetic stuff. But at the same point and stuff, that's one of the other aspects that have happened this year. Is like gamers have gotten so tired of like the whole loot crate stuff to the extreme, as the case with like Battlefront Two and stuff, to where a big major company have was really just started to back away from it once like uh, Disney got wind of like how negative the response was from the general public. So, in of itself, that is somewhat of a victory, but it's not really as big as what some people would expect, considering that there is still loot crates, there's still loot box stuff hidden inside games, like as recent as say, you know, from like over the past uh, couple months from. You know, Assassin's Creed Origins to, like, even more recent games have, like, these, the various loot crate stuff, but it's, like, it's just really crazy just the amount that some game developers do try to get away with in terms of getting extra content, extra things here and there. I mean, I understand you want to get the most bang for your buck, but at the same time, it's, like, it's just, yeah, that's just basically how I feel about it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's it's definitely it's kind of curious how it's kind of been tamed a little bit. Like you don't see, uh, like I'll talk about a little later. But Far Cry Five, I was looking at like what kind of stuff they have, and they kind of still have like the same thing Origins did, where you can you can spend in-game currency that you make while playing the game on on items and like weapons and stuff like that, or you can buy you can buy spend real money and buy um, this different currency that you can buy items in the game with. So that's still a thing, but. It's not as egregious as some of the other things we've seen, but uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, we haven't really seen the next big uh, AAA game. I don't think we're really going to see how much that microtransaction, the loot box stuff, has been affected until uh, probably maybe like around when like the Call of Duty comes out and the new the next Battlefield game comes out. That's when I think we'll really start to see uh, um, how like if this really made an effect or not. Right. On those, because when when the next big EA and Activision games come out, I think that that's what's gonna uh, show you. Because Ubisoft has always had the microtransaction, not always, but the last you know couple of years have always had uh, they've had those microtransactions in there, but they haven't really been that egregious or upfront about it. Like Activision and EA have been the most uh, probably the the uh, the two worst yeah. about it. So I think those are gonna be. When we start to see those their, their big guns come out, I think that's when we're really going to see. And I think Burnout Paradise not sneaking uh, 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 freaking microtransactions into it is, I don't know if I want to say it's a good kind of uh, first step, because who knows if that was a plan or not. But 
I wouldn't have been surprised to see EA try to sneak in, you know, cosmetic microtransactions uh, for Burnout Paradise. Um, Actually, I'll, well, can I just say something for a minute? Yeah. You bring up a good point with Burnout Paradise Remastered. To an extent, I'm kind of amazed that all the DLC stuff from that game including the cars, including all the stuff right there, is included in that entire package without point. the use of, like, a microtransaction or having to pay extra for freaking DLC, like, say, Activision for their Call of Duty stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. more specifically, Call of Duty 4 and the whole remastered of the remastered maps. Yeah. I mean, come on. Charging you $15 for a map pack that was $10 a decade ago. Yeah. 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 I... I don't know why, but that's... In this day and age and stuff where you're so used to, like, a company just taking out a lot of the content from, like, even certain things like remasters and this and that, having a big AAA company like EA actually not doing it for the extent to Burnout Paradise Remastered feels weird, and at the same time, it feels actually okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who like I said, who knows if that was going to be a plan or who's the thing or not, but uh, it's, I mean, kind of trying to find the positive in it like that's that that might be one uh yeah so i mean it's something we'll probably only know how it's if whether or not last year's thing worked or not until uh probably the end of this year but uh yep um so when we were talking about what's going on the last like you know the last few months uh what are some things you're looking forward to the, the next couple months like anything i know like, we just talked about god of war but is there anything like uh, news wise or game wing wise that you're you're excited to uh, to see or get your hands on. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to E3. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I actually just thought about I forgot about that one. <laughs> well, that's just the thing, though. E3 coming up in the next couple months is going to be a very pivotal one for all three companies yep. because, for one, Nintendo's in the forefront with the Switch. A year after, they've gained a bunch of momentum and a bunch of ground, securing not only good exclusive games, but also getting a lot of the indie support that was on predominantly on the PlayStation Vita onto their system as well, it feels like, to the extent where it's like people can go through, they can look on the eShop. There is constant, constantly, every week, like about maybe, God, I want to say like 7 to 10 games released per week, and some of which are like really decent titles that you can... Well, granted, you could buy on other services like, say, a Steam, PlayStation Network, Microsoft Store. But the fact of the matter is you can play them on the go or play them on your TV or do this and do that. That versatility is what's put the Nintendo Switch on, I would say, like almost like a escalation course towards like something even higher in terms of like uh, not only exposure, but like momentum, like I just said before. But what I'm more looking forward to is... The exclusive stuff that Microsoft may unveil at this year's E3. And I also am kind of looking forward to seeing what Sony is going to be having in store for, like, uh, that, that, uh, I want to say this sort of, like, Last of Us sort of-esque, sort of, like, biker kind of, like, game or something like that. What was that? Days Gone. Days Gone, yeah. I want to see what they have done with Days Gone, because they more recently have pushed back that game to, like, say, 2019, where it was originally supposed to be released later part of this year. I'm interested in seeing that. I'm interested in seeing some actual gameplay of The Last of Us 2 this time. 
But uh, I'm also looking forward to potentially what Nintendo is going to be doing. I mean, we've already got a good idea of what they're going to be releasing for the spring. We don't know what's going to be going on past inside the fall. There's high speculation that there's going to be a Pokemon game for Switch coming out by the end of this year. Actually, I was looking into some of the rumors stuff, and there are people supposedly leaking, like, particular images. And Hmm. there's rumor has it that this new Pokemon game that they reveal is probably going to be maybe a reboot of Red and Blue. And that is something that's kind of interesting in and of itself. I'm 100% okay with that. Well, yeah, hell, a lot of us are okay with that, you know, because it would actually make more sense. Because for this previous generation, Generation 7... That whole thing would have ended entirely too soon. Yeah. In the aspect, because Sun and Moon released... Oh, gosh. Sun and Moon released, like, around 2016. Yep. Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon released last year. Mm-hmm. They normally give much more leeway until the next generation. Even when they did the sequels, one after another, from Black and to Black 2 and White to White 2 and stuff like that. But... Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing gameplay for Metroid Prime 4. I want to see that. Hopefully around the C3. But other game-wise and stuff like that, oh, man, it's kind of hard because other than those couple, I really don't know what else I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it's a weird year where, like, we're, uh, like, the, the, the spring is pretty much filled up. Summer is kind of filled up a little bit. There's some, you know, obviously a lot of gaps there. But fall is, I mean, we know Battlefield, we know Call of Duty is coming, but that's it. Like, fall is, and Red Dead Redemption too. Like that. I actually think fall is, like, wide open, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. Yeah. There's a lot of uncertainty with fall other than, like, some of the big AAA titles. Yeah, we got the big three, and that's, and then there's a lot of other stuff in there they can fill in. But, um, yeah, I'm, obviously, you know, you're looking at, I'm looking at April, May, June, E3, uh, it's going to be, uh, pretty big i think that's like i said what we were just saying like the the second half of the year is pretty like is pretty much wide open um usually yep. we have a general idea of what's coming out uh it's pretty much already kind of full usually going about this time of the year uh we just don't have dates um right and right now we have yeah we have call of duty we know there's a call of duty coming we don't know anything about it other than it's black ops 4 there's a battlefield game that's pr- probably gonna be world war Two. And then Red Dead Redemption 2, other than that, we have nothing. Um, and then we'll smash. Supposed to, we assume is um, second. It's gonna assume assume is coming sometime in the fall. Um, but yeah, I mean, look news wise, that's it. I'm hoping there's another big direct before E3. Uh, always look forward to directs. Um, but gaming wise, even when we were talking about God of War. Uh, I've nerded out enough on the history of the show about Hyrule Warriors. Uh, yeah, incredibly excited to play that again. Uh, Detroit, <laughs> I think, uh, is probably one of the games going into the year I was, I was most excited to play. And the more I've seen about it, and I'm at the point now where I'm just avoiding seeing anything about it and hearing anything about it. Because, uh, yeah, I, I really like uh, Quantic Dreams games I've talked about before. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the game. Uh, yeah, I'd say that. That's the game I'm most looking forward to in the next three months. Um, God of War is a close second. Obviously, I love Hyrule Warriors, but I've already played the game once before. Um, and then Mario Tennis uh, Aces looks 
awesome. So uh, yeah, and yeah. I'm sure we're gonna hear, there's gonna be some more games uh, coming in the next few months that we don't know about yet or don't have dates for yet. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And Yoshi, that's a weird game. We're like, it, it was shown off at E3 last year, 2018 release date, and we haven't heard a thing about it since. Not very much at all, like, actually. I'm kind of wondering if they've done more to it, yeah. and they're going to reveal more of it yeah. when coming E3. Because it looked kind of plain, even when it was unveiled last year. Yeah, I, I feel like that's going to be like a July or August kind of game. Like, it's going to kind of come out. Like, But it's just kind of weird. Like, Kirby and Yoshi were shown off back-to-back at E3 last year. We were revealed at the same time. Uh, yeah, we got Kirby, but we don't have anything yeah. with Yoshi. Yeah, Kirby's already been out for a couple weeks now, and we haven't heard a thing about Yoshi in... Almost a year. Um, but uh, I think this can kind of cover everything. Like I said, no actual news this week. I thought it was kind of fun, though, uh, to talk about things that... Uh, just kind of look at the last few months and then the next couple months. So, um, so yeah, that pretty much kind of covers the uh, uh, the news for the week. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into some uh, games we've talked about. Uh, Gables, what have you been playing, buddy? Well, as far as games are concerned and stuff like that, I'm not too sure. Did I say a little bit about me finishing up Pokemon Emerald last week? Uh, I think you touched on it. I think you... Which one? You you beat one, and you moved on to the next one. Oh, yeah. Well, like it was... Go ahead, though. Well, well, anyway, yeah. I did did finish up and beat Pokemon Emerald and stuff like that. I got that all finished and stuff. But, as with other things inside this whole Poke Warriors way, I started another adventure, but this time in Pokemon Platinum, where I finally have moved on from, like, the small DS Lite screen, which that was the only way I was able to play Emerald, by the way. <laughs> I wanted to do the original games instead of the remakes. So, I went ahead and I started a new save file for Pokemon Platinum. I am currently three gyms in, let's see, around nine hours, actually. So this game, in and of itself, has taken longer to go forth and progress through. Because the thing about Diamond and Pearl and Platinum and stuff, this generation of Pokemon games, there's a lot more fluff. There's a lot more, like, uh, things that make things feel longer than usual. Plus, for my party this time around, I actually have a good idea of what I want to use. Considering Pokemon Platinum, it it offers a lot more in terms of uh, the variety of Pokemon you can choose and have on your party. So I actually got a full party right now, and uh, I chose a Chimchar as mine for my starter Pokemon. I found a level 10 Golbat inside the Wayward Cave, I believe it is, right uh, towards the beginning of the game. So it's like, I got a Golbat, I got like a little Shellos, this little water ground type Pokemon that uh, I'm going to be using for my party. Because Gastrodon, what it evolves into, actually is good versatility for... Having some bits of special moves, let's say like Surf and Ice Beam and stuff. I caught a Gibble. A Gibble's a little Dragon Ground Pokemon that fully evolves into Garchomp, which is probably one of the best Pokemon inside that game. So I'm happy about that. But the last thing is uh, I caught a Rosalia. Rosalia, during my Pokemon Diamond playthrough last year, was actually pretty darn awesome. And I had to go forth and get this Pokemon. So it's like... I've done that. They are, right now, like, they're early to, they're about in their mid to late 20s. And like I said before, I had just finished up with uh, the gym leader, Fantina, or something like that, her ghost types and stuff, which was 
it was interesting, though. It was kind of a pain in the ass because the end portion of that match has to do with uh, her Miss Magius, this giant, like, freaking ghost-type Pokemon that evolves from uh, Mischievous, a Gen 2 Pokemon. But, uh, oh, man, just little odds and ends and stuff of trying to face off against that Pokemon. It, using, like, moves, like I said, like, Pain Split and this and that. It was just... It was just crazy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> but... I'm letting you guys know that, yes, I'm still doing these whole Pokemon game playthroughs and stuff. I literally went through three Pokemon games in a month. That's insane. It's insane by my standards. Normally, when I do stuff like this, I usually go forth, I play through them and stuff. Maybe it'll take like a month or something for me to be because I'm doing this and doing that. No, I've had such a craving. I was on such a Pokemon kick, which I still am currently. Where I've went through one after another, and then all of a sudden it's like with the Emerald one, it's starting to like escalate a little bit. Now with Platinum, it's definitely feeling like, hey, I'm probably going to take my time with this. Because <laughs> things are starting to unravel. Uh, things are starting to like build up again and stuff. I'm starting to feel out what I like about these particular Pokemon games in comparison to some of the last ones. And that's just something that's kind of interesting because because I've played through and progressed through the Pokemon games, I'm noticing the little bits of improvements over each installment, and I'm also become more welcoming to some of the newer additions inside <laughs> so the the newer generations because it makes certain aspects of this game easier to like not only managing stuff but also it makes things really like. Uh, much more user-friendly for someone like myself and stuff who... Yeah, I have been playing Pokemon games since they've come out. Initially in the late 90s, and all the way up to about last year and stuff, at Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and stuff. Things are streamlined now to a point where it's like, okay, this this is fun. If I want a challenge, I'll turn off the whole experience shared things here and there, but... Just the progression through that has just been really fun. I cannot wait until I go through, like black and white and stuff like that. The next game's after Platinum. But uh, other games that I have been playing, let's see, I have not went through any more Burnout Paradise Remastered yet. I mean, I still have every intention of playing more of that game. But what I have done, I picked up two games from GameStop last Sunday. I picked up South Park, The Fractured But Whole. (laughs) It's, I know, New game. It's still funny just saying that. And it's like, I picked it up new at GameStop for about 20 bucks, and I believe that I got the whole Stick of Truth deal, like the downloadable content of it too. By the way, for those who are wondering though, they did most recently release like DLC for Casa Bonita, so hell, for those who want to play that and stuff, get on it. But uh, no, I have not touched that game yet, but I have played a bit of the other game that I bought. The whole Devil May Cry Remastered. Now, Devil May Cry Remastered, this is definitely, in my honest opinion, a port of the PS3 collection. Meaning, this is like basically a port of a port. <laughs> so, classic Capcom. Little, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like what Tyler was saying. It's definitely classic Capcom. Now, background on Devil May Cry. This is a series that's been around since the PS2 era. It released around 2001, the original did, around 2001, near the launch of the PS2. 
there were other games that released in that franchise. One of the worst, actually, is the sequel to A Devil May Cry 2. And if you ask certain people, that's probably one of the worst of that series. So, here's the thing, though. I have major nostalgia for Devil May Cry. Especially Devil May Cry 3, as I bought that back around the time that I had turned 18. That and the original God of War, actually, I can remember like buying because this is during the time when I was still like around like a, a junior or senior in high school and I barely had any money to my name or something like that. And I'd be saving change, saving money that my parents give me and I'd go to like game, places like GameStop or to Walmart and buy games, $20 like clearance. You know, games like say Shadow of the Colossus, God of War, like uh, I can just remember like just buying Devil May Cry, the special edition. Hell, i Bought Metal Gear Solid 3 that way too. Nice. But uh, here's the thing Devil May Cry 3. I've only played through Devil May Cry 3 to a certain extent. I never beat that game back in the day. I want to beat this game now because I know that there are some great bosses at the end of that game. So, as it stands right now, the gameplay for the remastered version here for this PS4 collection disc. It's quintessentially kind of like the same. It basically feels the same as the PS2 version. The only difference is it feels like from the visual fidelities and some of the aspect ratios of the of the quality of the image, it looks like it was up-resed up to HD. Kind of similar to what the other collection of the PS3 was. I know, I've had that collection at one point. But uh, it just feels like to me that the game in of itself is kind of like there was little done to improve, like, uh, the whole collection aspect of this game. I mean, they could have at least kind of adjusted it so I can have, like, a, you know, ratio that would actually fit the screen of my TV instead of, like, being boxed with sidebars and stuff like that and this and that. The gameplay in of itself is still Devil May Cry to its core, so it's like I said, I chose Devil May Cry 3 to play first as that is said i went through and i realized kind of like how difficult the game can get if you don't have like a lot of the whole soul stuff like built up and you don't have uh, plenty of the moves plus inside devil may cry 3 you choose from one of four different styles you have like a trickster style which makes you a little bit more like evasive you have sort of like a real guard style which is based upon like defense I think it's like defensive stances and all this other crazy stuff I'm not clear on that one the other one is gunslinger which is which is pretty much self obvious you're using a lot of your gun weapons and all this other stuff which is kind of fun to use and stuff but the one I chose was uh, sword master where you use your sword the rebellion and stuff to basically learn all these different types of like sword moves where you can just propel enemies in the air and start firing here and there and stuff. It's just that type of over-the-top action that I just love about that series. So, I've played through up until Mission 5. Here's the thing. Mission 1 I went through, that was easy as it was. I mean, I remember going through the first four missions of Devil May Cry 3 Special Edition. The boss I got stuck on was 
the boss where it's basically like a gigantic like demonic sort of like flying serpent or something that's going around the stage and stuff and it's going through like a bunch of these like huge holes in the pillar and stuff like that for the Tenenegaru, the whole tower that uh, you see towards the beginning of the game. It didn't dawn on me until I faced off against that boss for the third time and by accident I fell on top of the darn thing and I realized I could just slash the hell out of that damn serpent while I'm riding on top of it. Because <laughs> your major instinct is you want to try to attack it from below, but the problem is by attacking from below, it sometimes shoots off these projectiles and stuff that you gotta dodge. And when you face off against like about 10 or 12 of those projectiles all at once, it, it's very hard to try to dodge this boss. But uh, in of itself, the gameplay's still fun. The visual stuff could use some improvements, obviously. I don't like how like uh, some bits of the presentation for that game was, you know, was done for this collection. But you can still view a lot of the artwork. You can actually, that's one of the things I do like about this collection so far, is that you can view the artwork for the specific games. Like, going through a lot of Devil May Cry 3's artwork was pretty fun. Some of it was, like, really gothic, really, like, kind of, like, uh, you know, really cool and visual, like, uh, concept, what they came up with in terms of level design, sort of character designs. And, yeah, basically that's uh, pretty much what I have been playing in terms of games. Pokemon Platinum and Devil May Cry 3. <laughs> <laughs> Two old games. <laughs> yeah, that's cool though, man. Yeah, just go. I mean, it's a new game ish, so that's yeah. cool. Hey, as long as you're having fun, that's what that's what point of view yeah. are. So yeah, glad yeah, glad you're having fun. With that it makes me a little jealous. Like I, you know, I don't enjoy the Pokemon games as much as I used to back uh, as I did when I was a kid. So, um, but uh, I, I've I've been playing a couple games this week as well. Um, yeah, picked up Far Cry Five. Um, yeah, real quick, Detective Pikachu. I played uh. I beat Chapter 1 last week, and I talked about it on the show. I beat Chapter 2 this week. I don't really want to talk much more about it. Uh, I want to play some more of it, but I've been sidetracked with these other games about to talk about. So maybe next week or the week after, I'll talk about it more if I, if I delve more into it. Um, but uh, like I said, picked up Far Cry 5. Um, probably put five or six hours into this. Uh, and I've been someone that I played Far Cry 3 and 4. I skipped Primal. I played a little bit of Far Cry One back in I think like it was like a 360 launch game. Never played two, uh, so really I kind of really enjoyed Far Cry Three. Four was was really good, but I thought it was just it was okay. It was just more of three, which is fine, but it wasn't uh, anything substantial that I thought like that made it stand out. Um, and this one, it's definitely it's taken a lot of steps to change uh, to kind of stand out a little bit more. Um, so this one, you obviously we talk about a lot, uh, it takes place in, Man- um, I almost said Manhattan. That's not true. Uh, it takes <laughs> place in Montana. Um, and kind of what's going on. It starts off as you're this uh, rookie deputy in the small town of Montana. And there is this, uh, religious cult, like super religious cult, um, run by, I think Joseph seed is his name. And, uh, it starts off as like a U.S. Marshal, and you're flying. You're in a helicopter, and you land, and you're there to arrest them, and uh, for like murder and kidnapping and all these terrible crimes. And basically, the uh, yeah, Joseph, uh, Joseph Seed has been prophesizing about like when they come and try to shut us down. That's like that's the first step in like essentially uh, the apocalypse. Um, and so, like all these cult followers now think, 
like all right he's here like they're here to stop him and shut this down now like all these believers um it's like they, it's coming true what everything he's saying is happening and so now it's like they already kind of ran the town almost like a uh in a like uh gang or a mob sort of way where they ran things behind the scenes and even uh-huh. in, in in you know in front of the scenes but i mean for the most part they they own the radio stations they own some they they bought some time on like television the local television networks and they were a big part of the community but now it's like now they're taking over this town and this whole area and now that because now they think that armageddon and the apocalypse is really happening and they basically like they stop you um, from taking uh, Joseph Seed away, and um, now they're crazier than ever, going around just killing people and doing basically just doing whatever the hell they want to do, um, without really no without any regard really to anything else, and it's like you're pretty much like you know target number one for them, and um, it, it's kind of got some like I played Ghost Recon Wildland a few months ago and you played the hell of it uh, last year. And it yep. kind of follows that kind of same format where instead of like a bunch of like different people you got to take out, there's four main people. There's uh, Joseph Seed, who's the main guy. He has his older brother, John. Uh, there's this one lady they call, this, they call her Sister Seed, but she's not actually a member of the, she's not a blood relative, but she's kind of one of the top people in the group. And then there's another brother. I can't remember what his name is. I haven't met him yet. I think I'm on John's seed right now. Each one has their okay. own char- characteristics, and you have to go to like different sections of the map and create enough havoc and take over enough areas. Uh, and the more and more you do, the more chaos you do in that area is when you can finally fight that the, the final like that final boss that section. I see. So basically, it's sort of structured like a hierarchy, sort of like similar to what Recon Wildlands and stuff was. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of the same thing of that where, yeah, like you just go around, like you can take over um, uh, bases or you can destroy uh, um, like things they use to, for service, like things they use like services or uh, stop like there's vans or going around with supplies. You can stop them and like, or you can like you find civilians that are being like tortured or uh, captured by, by the group and you can um, uh you know, save the civilians, things like that. Basically, like I said, you cause chaos and you just disrupt what they do. Um, and it's, it's definitely a lot of fun. I like the, you know, I really enjoyed the Far Cry game. It's more the Far Cry. They've done some cool uh, changes to it where, um, like, like now it's not like, it used to be like most games you play, especially like um, Ubisoft games, was they have the skill tree. And it's like, it kind of spider webs off. But you have to like, get, if yeah. you want this thing, it's like, on level six, you gotta get one through five to get there. Well, now it's like you gotta like unlock one through five to get to like level six. Now it's just kind of like each like you everything is open right away on the, on this like it's no Ooh. longer a skill tree. It's just like there's like thirty different skills you can learn. Each one has different points for how many uh, it's worth, um, but you can get them essentially anytime you want uh, as long as you oh. have the points. The, they call them perks to get there. Uh, and there's like challenges you do like get like. 10 kills with a shotgun gets you two perk points, uh, things like that. So basically you can, you just kind of go you, uh, you get perks by, uh, and also like, by completing like missions in the game and side missions, um, you, you get more perks that way. So there's not like any level used to be like a leveling system. And every time you leveled up, you get one, um, ability point for your skill tree. Now it's like just doing challenges and things around the world unlocks per points. I see. So you're constantly like I'm constantly getting like 
not I shouldn't say constantly, but I've I've gotten probably about twenty perk points in four hours or so of playing this game, uh, oh. and I've gotten a handful like obviously some of the better ones uh, cost a little more like seven, eight, nine perk points, but then there's some other ones you can get that are only a few. I focus on because the game is a lot more challenging than I remember Far Cry three and four being. Uh, I feel like there's a lot more enemies that you'll see. Like you see a lot more patrol units going around. Uh, at one point, I was just walking around, and a helicopter started just, like attacking me, and then a bear attacked me, and then uh, <laughs> then all of a sudden there was like a bombardment of uh, uh, the call them like Eden Eden's Path or Eden something. I can't remember. Like it's Eden Falls or something. I can't remember what the name of the the cult is. But like all of a sudden you're just swarmed by these guys, um, and so like I feel like I'm constantly being bombarded. With uh, with them and fighting them, and, like it's I don't go I don't go very long without seeing uh, them, especially if you're on the main road. Um, but I, I, you know, like I remember I remember talking about in Far, with Far Cry Four that the honey budger honey badger was like the was an asshole. Um, yep. In this game, the turkey uh, is is <laughs> is the real asshole of this game. They're probably the <laughs> probably the toughest enemy in this game is the turkey. Uh, they, the turkey. Yeah, there was actually an update. That came out and like you, you know, you can always look up the update notes on the PS4 whenever an update comes out. And one of the updates, um, I was looking at the notes of it, is making. Uh, it, I can't remember exactly how it was phrased, but it was basically nuke uh, the turkey, <laughs> where like it <laughs> made them made them way less powerful. Because like I mean, these things would like kill you one on one. Mono, it wasn't like a swarm of them. It was just one. Like I can kill 10, 15 guys shooting at me with machine guns, no problem. But one turkey is a bitch in this game. Uh, it's, it's it's a little easier. I, 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 when a game first came out, it's got a lot easier. But they were still fucking difficult. Shit. Um, yeah, there's a new Honey Badger of uh, the Far Cry world. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's having a lot... I'm having a lot of fun with this. Uh, it's definitely... Uh, it's great to be back in a Far Cry game. Uh, it's cool to see it kind of being... A little, it's a lot different than what we're used to uh, from a Far Cry game. And it seems like the, 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 especially the last two Far Cry games, the villain has been the most standout part of the game. And it seems like uh, Voss from Far Cry 3 is still one of the best villains in a game. Um, probably in at least the last decade, maybe probably one of the better ones ever. Uh, and Joseph Seed, the Seed family, um, are up there too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been incredibly fun. But there's been a game I've been playing way more of this week. Uh, and it's a little bit of an older game. It's, it's a game that's not even officially out yet; it's still early access. But I've been playing the hell out of a game called Fortnite uh, Battle Royale. Um, okay. So people, we, we've talked about a lot. We talked about a little bit about PUBG. It's been PUBG and like, Battle Royale games have been kind of like the, the big phenomenon uh, over the last twelve months or so. Uh, Fortnite Battle Royale came out. I want to say in like September, October of last year, and it's free to play. PUBG is thirty bucks. Um, and there's like there's some you can buy like um, packs and buy uh, cosmetics and stuff like that if you want. Um, but we were, we were actually talking about off the air um, sometime last weekend. Like ah, it's free. I should just check it out. Like I haven't played one of these battle royale games yet. And I'm like, and I was I was kind of bored on Saturday or Sunday. I'm like ah, I'll give it a shot. Check it out. I'm not really doing anything. Uh, I kind of want to see what all the hubbub is about. And I've been talking to people at work and everybody's like you should just play some fortnite i'm like ah it's not my game i'm not really an online guy and so i, I downloaded it i checked it out kind of a quick synopsis if you don't already know 
100 people on a map, last man. Uh, you, you go in there with nothing. Uh, well, you have like uh, an axe that you can use, like uh, break down, like you can break down material and you can build walls or build ladders, whatever the hell you want to build on this game. But the core concept is you land, you have nothing, you find loot, uh, find guns and ammo and things like that. Uh, and last man survive wins. Uh, and immediately came out. Um, and like my first game, I finished like 36th. I'm like, holy crap, out of 97 players, I was 36th. That's awesome. Let's see if I can do better. And I kept getting to like in the 30s. And then uh, I'm like, all right, well, okay, so this is all right. So I was trying to like do it like a normal, like a Call of Duty, like you just run around. And then I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's camp a little bit. And I'm like, all right, cool. Now I'm getting the top 25 a lot now. Now I'm like, now I'm actually like, I've legitimately like I played probably twenty or thirty games now of this game, um, and uh, probably actually more than that. And uh, I am like almost always inside the top fifteen now. Like nice, and I don't know how I'm doing it. Like I I, I don't have a lot of kills. I probably had like a twelve kills in this entire game. Like I went like eight or nine games before I had my first kill, and I had two kills like back to back. And that was like, before that I never had a single kill. And um, so yeah, like it's it, it's man, like everything I've heard about this game, you know, it's like mm-hmm. oh, it's so tense, like your heart's like your heart's pounding, especially when you get further in the top ten, and like there's a storm coming, so it makes you like you have to be inside the circle every like three or four minutes, so it kind of shrinks the map quite a bit. So that's kind of nice because otherwise it's a big map, so you can imagine there's three players in this giant map, uh, you the games never end, so it's kind of it gets even more hectic when you're like. You no longer can like hide in a shack for ten minutes, or like you, the shack you've been hiding in forever, or this bunker you made. Uh, now it's like, oh, the storm's coming. If you're in the storm, uh, you're dead. Uh, so like now, like you're getting like I got to one point where there was like four people left. I was one of the four, and I actually found like this bush camouflage. So I was a bush, and I just sat there for like probably six minutes in this middle circle and watched all these people killing each other. And I finally got to the final four, and. Um, I actually like I had a suppressed pistol, killed this guy. Now now there's three left, and I'm one of them. And I guess the guy caught me shooting somebody, sniped me, and then sniped the other guy. Boom, done, game over. Uh, but I've like I've actually finished my best. I've done is th- is third. But I've actually had like four or five games where I have finished third or fourth. Like I, I've had a bunch of games being the top five, top ten. Um, but yeah, I mean this game. Maybe that's part of it why I'm enjoying the game so much is like I'm actually like. In, I'm actually like finishing fairly high. There's definitely been some games where I've like been in the 50s and 40s, uh, where it's got like a little overzealous or just bad luck. There's definitely a lot of luck to this game, um, especially when you're finding some loot. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just man, it's definitely one of the more tense. Like it gets like it it brings on a lot of emotions that not I don't really think a lot of games can bring on, and, it, and like especially this consistently where it's just like every game i play it's just like all right man all right i all right do this do this all right what, what the fuck was that it's almost like a horror game in a way where it's just like you're always on edge like what something to jump out and get you um and that's what this game is it's just it, it's 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 a lot of fun it's incredibly fun uh and it can be frustrating especially when like you get like i've had so many firefights right bump to the guy and he kills me and if i would have got one more shot off i would have got him first uh yeah it's oh man it's so fun i uh i like i said it's free to download um you can buy cosmetic stuff there's actually like the new seasons 
like this is season three and you can buy it's like i think it's like eight bucks you can buy like a like the thing that like unlocks like tears and more loot for you and like i said it's all cosmetic stuff you you level up but the levels don't really mean anything other than unlocks more stuff for you uh it's very similar to, to like an overwatch in that sense where like the things you can get with the money you spend in real life you can obviously earn all these things while just by playing the game and it makes no difference what, what level you are or what um what gear you have going into the game you like it's just like i said all cosmetic um and like i said i I traded a bunch of games. I, I, I put $20 in this game, uh, but I've definitely got $20 out of this game and just fun and time played. I'm going to put a shit ton more time into this game. So, uh, yeah, I would say if you haven't checked this game out, it's free. Just check it out. It's on everything. Nice. It's on mobile. It's on PS4, Xbox One, PC. Uh, yeah, Gables, download it. I'll play it with you. It's fucking awesome. Okay. Um, yeah, like I said, it's incredibly fun. And, uh, can't wait to play more of it. I'm going to play a lot more of it probably tomorrow too. Or actually, today is technically Sunday now. So, happy Easter, Gables. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, even though it's not Easter your time, it's Easter my time now. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, happy Easter everybody else too if you're listening to this when it comes out. But uh, yeah, that's uh, really all I've been playing this week. Uh, I've been playing a lot more games probably this week than I have uh, in a single week in a very long time. So, it's been a really fun week uh, just gaming. And especially, you know, uh, one really new game and another game that's Probably one of the most popular games in gaming right now. Um, but I think that might do it for the show this week, Gables. Um, yeah. You want to hear more from us? We have a page and group face, uh, on on Facebook, uh, Drunk Nerds Podcast. Like and join us on there. Twitter at Drunk Nerds Pod. Follow us on there. Uh, on YouTube, Drunk Nerds Podcast. Subscribe and uh, give us a big thumbs up on our, our shows on there, please. On iTunes, Drunk Nerds Podcast. Subscribe and leave us a five star review. Leave us a nice little comment. We'd really appreciate if you did that. And on Twitch. Uh, follow us and also send us friend requests. We like friends. Friends are good. Uh, we do stream on there uh, every so often. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I was your host. I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gable. So until next time, everyone, you have yourself a happy Easter. Game hard and just have some fun. <laughs> oh, and uh, hey, Gables. Yeah. Too sweet. Too sweet, dude. <laughs> Boys. See ya.